This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Happy Friday. The weekend arrives a little early this week, and that's because today is National Fun at Work Day. Have fun at work. Well, have fun working. Have fun at work. Have fun working. Fun? This is hard work. It's okay to have fun at work. Not work. Fun. My work is fun. Some of us have fun at work today. It is National Have Fun at Work Day. Let's get the show started. 606. It is Friday. Open phones Friday. And I have to say, at uh, this particular job, I won't speak for Chris, but uh, at this particular job for me, Every day is a fun day. Some ah, more than others. But, you know, this is uh, not like a job where we work for a living, so uh, we have fun almost every day. Yeah, there's very little packing and lifting. No. And yeah. Air conditioned comfort, mm-hmm. as long as the air conditioning is uh, working. Every once in a while, somebody brings uh, donuts. So, yeah, we have we have fun <laughs> every day at work. Nobody brought donuts today, did they? Oh, no. Whose oh, day no. was it? Damn it. 29 degrees in downtown Boise. There is a dense fog advisory for Canyon County this morning. And yes, it was uh, thick in some areas again. However, the closer you get into Boise and into downtown Boise, no fog whatsoever. Yeah. We didn't uh, see any, of course. Our our commute is now three miles. Big, yeah, big deal. Uh, you could you could get up and walk it if yeah, you wanted exactly. to. <laughs> um, but uh, you could see some problems outlying areas, especially in that uh, dense fog advisory is supposedly supposed to be in effect until eleven o'clock. I looked at the weather next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, problematic for ski resorts in the mountains. Um, temperatures as high as fifty five next oh, week. Just when we got a big dumping of snow, all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah. now a big melt. Unfortunately, yeah. The big fog. Uh, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it not snowing, because uh, I hate driving to work in that crap. Mm-hmm. However, um, I, I don't want to see everything that we have you know, got in the mountains melt before right. springtime melt is supposed to happen. So I like rain in the city, snow in the mountains. Hopefully, uh, that won't stick around very long. Uh, coming up here for you this morning, it is Open Phones Friday, and you know the drill. We'll talk about anything you want to on Fridays. And and during the week, we have people sometimes who call in and want to talk about certain things, and we happen to be on a certain subject, and we basically say, hey, we can't talk about this now um, because we're we're involved in this subject. Friday, though, we jump around, and and we jump around based on what you want to talk about. So even if we're in the middle of a conversation about something, you want to talk about mm -hmm. something different, we let you do that on Fridays. We jump, was it jump up, jump up, and get down? Yeah. Yeah. Jump around, jump around, jump around. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of the things we will be talking about uh, today is uh, another day where we talk to lawmakers in the Idaho legislature. One of these uh, lawmakers, uh, I'm, I'm glad they gave to us this week because um, he is a sponsor of yeah. a bill that we have been talking a lot about this week. About the, uh, the, the teachers carrying guns at school. Representative Ted Hill, District 14 in Eagle, will be with us. He is a sponsor of that bill so we'll get to talk to him coming up this morning at about 845. Uh, also, before we talk to him, Democratic Representative Steve Birch, District 15 in Boise, will uh, be with us. So today is House Day. Thursdays gonna, are I'm Senate. A, Fridays are House. I'm going to, um, just like Rick just yesterday, I'm going to have to tell him that I moved out of his district. <laughs> Not on purpose. We just Maybe maybe you shouldn't because, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you list, used to live in a district. Well, yeah, he, wasn't well, re- he wasn't reelected, but Fred, uh, Fred, he used to yeah. give us gifts all the time he would come in here. Fred Martin, every time he came in, after I I told him I was in his district. He would bring us donuts and 
and like a, a vegetable and fruit tray and stuff like that. I mean, like lots of stuff. Well, yeah, and, and like, milk and juice. Milk and juice, yes. right? I kept saying, Fred, you don't have to do that. You know, I'm. I uh, almost tried to uh, commit voter fraud just to try to get him reelected. <laughs> You wanted to I'm, vote in uh, in your district. district yeah, I wanted to vote. I'm not in your district, but I almost wanted to commit voter fraud just so we could get him back in here but, because he can. Every time he came in, he would bring the same buffet every time. But we just moved from uh, District 15 to District 16, which we didn't know until we'd been there about a week. But now we know. I I I don't think we need to stop anybody from sucking up to us because in case they do think that you know they're buying our sure. votes by bringing food and by the way if you want to buy my vote by bringing food i'm not going to be too proud to turn it down mm-hmm. um but uh u.s senators could bring us stuff because we all vote for them yeah yeah uh speaking they, of, they, they, they won't but they could speaking of uh the senate we'll talk about this this morning uh, idaho senate passed a bill to define domestic terrorism as activity associated with foreign groups so, How is that domestic terrorism? I, 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 I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I thought domestic terrorism when people from here terrorized other people from here. That, yeah, that, that, that's, what I, I, that's part of what I don't understand. I mean, you know, hence the term domestic. Is this uh, designed so that, you know, if somebody wants to define, for instance, KKK or Black Lives Matter or Proud Boys as a domestic terrorist group, you can't do that anymore in Idaho? Is that, I, I mean, I have questions, right? I guess so. So that's another one. Electioneering uh, bill heads uh, to the Idaho House. That was also uh, part of the... Oh, the AI thing. Yeah, yeah. AI, uh, using AI in electioneering. Um, and speaking of AI, man, um, I got I to say, this is probably something that we are going to be talking about, not just this year, but for many, many years you know, there, to there come. Are, there are people who have assumed since, like, of 1950 that everything on television was a lie and they're getting so much closer to being true yeah I mean, to being right about that um here's here's an example of ai and i don't know what you do about it um taylor swift put out uh has uh, views of over 22 million this was as of yesterday so yeah. probably over 30 million 30 million views of uh sexually explicit photos which aren't really her. One problem. Yeah. It's not Taylor Swift. It's Taylor Swift's. It's not even Taylor Swift's face. And this is where it's problematic. It's not Taylor Swift's body. It's pretending to be. Though. It's not Taylor Swift's face. So how does Taylor Swift stop this by saying, you can't post my face? Well, we didn't. It's not you. Yeah. It just looks like you. Well, it looks an awful lot like me. You've got to stop this. No, we don't because it's you, you can't stop us from posting something that isn't you. And by the way, you can do a parody of a famous person. Yes, but it is problematic. And, and like I said, as of yesterday afternoon, this came out like I think on Monday or Tuesday, and already there was over 22 million views. That short of time. And of course, now we're talking Some about it. So this is free publicity. How many people are running to their computer right now? Yeah. Taylor Swift porno. Some of them probably not even from the NFL. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Linda from Mountain Home, official first caller this morning, listening right. on 670 AM. Um, Linda, Linda. In Montana. Linda. Oh, not Mountain Home. It's Montana. MT. Oh, I see Mountain. I oh, got it. Uh, Montana. Um, good morning to you. Open phones Friday. What did you want to talk about? Well, I'm an early morning listener from the northwest corner of Montana, and uh, I just I thought an awful lot about the big deal with the in and out coming and the long lines. And I just was thinking of that and thought, you know, of all the silliness, 
there was no shootings, no uh, stabbings that I heard about, or people were just out having a good time. So hats off to Boise people to enjoy something maybe at their expense and not have a stink about it. So All right. I appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate you uh, listening. What what city are you near? Um, I'm in the northwest corner, so cities are small rural towns about 40 miles south of me. And which one's the closest one? Um, prob- they're probably Libby, Montana. Libby, yeah. okay. We've had a couple of people who have called from, you're not, you're not alone. There are other KBY listeners in Libby, Montana. Well, I have been for a number of years, and I kind of miss Ron Dunn and Paul Snyder, but you well, guys that are is a to long grow. time. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are starting to grow on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm in I'm in my 24th year, so I'm I'm glad that I'm growing on you. Oh, that's it's, funny. I love right. it. I love it. Okay, you Linda, have a good day. thank you for uh, listening, and we will continue. Uh, to try growing uh, on you, like I said, uh, he's, Chris just said 24 years, and mm. uh, my fifth year was this year, so yeah. hopefully in another 10, 15 years, we'll have completely grown on you, and maybe you'll, by then you'll have for- forgotten. What were their names again? Uh, Paul there, Dunn and well, uh, John no, Jay? It, it was actually Lon Dunn and Paul Oh, Jay that's right, that's right. But I, I knew that. I, I was, uh, for like 18 years, I was uh, Paul J. Schneider and that other guy. And then for the last five, I've been Mike Casper and that other guy. So I've been having fun. Yeah. That's awesome. I love her. Thank you for listening in Libby, Montana. All right. Or outside Libby, Montana. KBOI News Time is 6.15. Uh, let's get our first check on what's going on with sports. Once again, this morning, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Uh, uh, have fun at work day. Would really get off to a great start if you have fun at Pork Belly with breakfast before you go to work today. They open up at 7 o'clock, so make your plans now. Saturday at 2 p.m. at Extra Mile Arena, number 18 Utah State's men's basketball team visits Boise State. Both teams are 5-1 and one in conference, tying them for first place in the Mountain West. The Aggies are 17-2 and two overall. The Broncos are 14-5. and five. Utah State junior forward, great Asa Bohr, and that's great as in G-R-E-A-T, great. Is It's a great name. Is uh, second in the conference in scoring with 18.7 points per game and the leader in rebounding with 9.7 per game. The Boise State women's basketball team plays Saturday at San Diego State, also at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. The Broncos are 13-7 and overall and 4-3 and in the Mountain West. Their road record is 3-3 three and three this year. Boise State as a team is third in the nation in block shots per game with 6.6. Abby Muse is second in the nation individually, averaging 3.4 blocks. The Broncos won the first meeting between the two teams this season, 68-59, two weeks ago in Boise. That's sports. Uh, you said great Osabor? That's uh, Osabor. It's uh, great, G-R-E-A-T. Yeah. He, was, he was born in Spain. I think, Even though I don't think that's actually a very common name in Spain. Either. His uh, family may have thought out better uh, with the way they named um, their family. He has a brother named uh, Ify Azabor, <laughs> and he was not very good at sports. Their so. cousin Mediocre is, 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 <laughs> is, is bummed all the time, too. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623, don't forget, we are giving away tickets once again this morning. This is the final pair of tickets to the Boise State-Utah State game. Battle for first place in the Mountain West. Who would have thunk it? If you would have started the year before the Mountain West started and said, uh, at this point, 
Who's going to be in first place after this weekend? Uh, Boise State and Utah State would not be the two teams no. that hardly anybody picked. Probably Colorado State at that point. Yeah, San Diego State maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it looks like as of right now, whoever wins this weekend will be in first place in the Mountain West. And here's the other cool thing. Um, Boise State... Well, it will be Boise State's second win if they're able to pull this off uh, against Utah State against a top 25 team. And they will also pick up another quad one win, which will be five quad one wins, the most in the Mountain West, which when you get to four and five quad one wins, um, you're pretty much, uh, unless you've lost all your other games, a shoe-in into the NCAA tournament. Difficult to say five times fast. Quad one wins. (laughs) So, uh, big game this weekend. We have your tickets right now. This is the final pair of tickets. Sold-out game. Pair of tickets uh, going to somebody who texts the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. You have until 8 a.m. this morning. That's it. Keep in mind, if you pick up, if you win these tickets, you have to pick them up before 5 this afternoon. So, these are hard tickets. They're real tickets that you'll take to the game. So, text the word Broncos. You want our final pair of tickets. We'll pick one person at random to get those tickets. Got to do it by 8 because starting at 8.05 this morning, we've got a couple of uh, passes, golf passes for you. Four tickets to the Boise Golf Show and an hour at X Golf. $50 value. The whole package valued at over $100, so that's between 8 and 10 But right now, you're texting the word BRONCOS to 208-336-3700 if you'd like those tickets. Otherwise, uh, you're pretty much stuck. Um, the game not being uh, broadcast on regular television, so um, if you're not at the game, you'll be listening to it here on 93.1 FM. Keep that in mind. This time, 93.1 FM beginning at 2 o'clock, pregame with Bob and Abe at one thirty. Uh, the reason why it's on 93.1 FM is because on 6.70 a.m. at the same time, Boise State women will be in San Diego to take on the Aztecs. Tip-off also at 2 o'clock with Leonard Berry. That will be uh, broadcast on 6.70 a.m. So 93.1 FM for the men's, 6.70 a.m. for the women's team, and you can uh, listen to all the action as always because we are your home for the Boise State Broncos here on News Talk KBOI. Broadcasting from the Auto Ranch Group Studios on 93.1 FM and 670 AM, we are News Talk KBOI. Phone lines once again are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through. You just heard it right there. I want those uh, final pair of tickets. Boise State taking on Utah State at home. Sold out game, Extra Mile Arena. We have one more pair of tickets. You have until 8 o'clock to text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. We'll choose one person at random to get those tickets. Also, don't forget, that's not all we have to give away. Uh, final day also to get your $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. We'll get to that with the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Uh, that will be coming up at about 820. Uh, we'll give you the question here in about 20 minutes to start working on if you would like. And then we also have uh, tickets that we will give away uh, this morning for the Boise Golf Show. We're going to tie this into a big golf package. You'll get four tickets to the Boise Golf Show coming up here next uh, month, the 9th through the 11th. And then we also have X Golf, an hour on the golf simulator at X Golf. Uh, by the way, that's uh, about uh, $50 value. Whole mm-hmm. package valued at over $100. So from about 8 until 10, we'll be texting in to win that this morning. So we got a lot of stuff for you. Uh, here today. Don't forget, it is also Open Phones Friday. If you want to take part in the show, always encouraged at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. And yes, we realize sometimes 
People aren't able to call in for whatever reason. So uh, for those of you, you can still email us as part of Open Phones Friday, chris at kboy.com, and mike at kboy.com. You can also uh, text us, which same as our main number. Um, so far, uh, can we get somebody further away than Libby, Montana? Or not exactly Libby, but 40 miles from Libby in northwest Montana, even, listening on 670 AM this morning. Even further than, than Libby. So if somebody further than that would love to hear from you, if you want to uh, give us a call this morning, let us know where you are listening from for this Friday, and it is Open Phones Friday. Um, we had the big news uh, earlier this week uh, about the uh, signing of the number one Juco, Juco wide receiver, uh, former five-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, another name that was bandied about and at one point even predicted quarterback that was going to sign with Boise State, sign yeah. with a Mountain, they ended up signing with a Mountain West team, and then after the coach left, now has signed with another Mountain West team. Is that right? Um, Chuba Purdy. You probably know that last name because he's the uh, brother yeah. of Brock Purdy, who is uh, going to be playing in the uh, NFC Championship this week. Uh, signed with Nevada. Hmm. So he was going to San Jose State. Coach at San Jose State left, and so he decided to uh, also move on, and he'll well, be playing for Nevada next as, year. As the brother of Purdy, he's following in the steps of one 49er quarterback. And now he's following in the steps of another one, Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> because he went from Nevada to the 49ers. Speaking of Colin Kaepernick, um, uh, I saw that there, a rumor going around, hasn't happened officially as of yet, but you, you could see possibly the paths of Kellen Moore and Colin Kaepernick pass yet again. How so? Uh, Colin Kaepernick is being rumored that might be uh, possibly the offensive coordinator for the L.A. Chargers. And that, that, of course, is where Kellen, Kellen Moore is Moore's, currently employed at his current job. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a story coming up in, in the sports. He's uh, interviewing with a couple of other teams this week. Yeah. One of those teams uh, would be a great place to go just because of the uh, amount of weapons that that place has. I'm mm-hmm. not going to ruin it for uh, everybody, so that'll be coming up here in a few minutes. Um, also, just, You'll let me ruin it in about nine yeah, minutes. Yeah. Uh, also yesterday, uh, Alabama executed for the first time ever – Someone using nitrogen hypoxia. Not the football team. This was the actual state that yeah, did not, this. not the football team. Um, the, the crazy part about this thing is, I mean, critics were saying, oh, this could kill everybody in the room because they would breathe it, which was the dumbest thing ever because we're breathing nitrogen right now and it's not killing us. They gave it a shot anyway? Is yeah. Okay. Um, 22 minutes is what it took to uh, execute him. Uh, nobody else died except for him and no no other drama. So... Um, as, the, as the first experiment of a, an alternative that, you know, people don't want to see people shot, and, you know, no. by, by death by shooting. They don't, they don't want to some, um, pe- some people don't. have, you know, death by hanging because it's cruel and unusual. And it's hard to get the drugs now for lethal injections. And some people think that's lethal. Uh, that's as, uh, cruel and unusual. As we have pointed out, because every time we talk about executions, people call up and say, why don't you just do it like this? Yeah. No, it's not a point of figuring out how to kill somebody. <laughs> There's lot, there are lots of ways you can kill somebody. It's a point of like getting uh, Congress or somebody to sign off on it or, or the state legislature. Yeah, this may be a new way. You may be, this may be the wave of the future um, because like we talked about, nitrogen is plentiful and you don't have to count on a pharmacy to make it up for you. Um, so anyway, uh, that's the update, something we talked about yesterday. 208-336-3700.
Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. If you haven't texted to get those uh, tickets, Boise State, Utah State, you can be in the uh, Extra Mile Arena tomorrow watching a battle for first place. Text Broncos right now. You've got a little over an hour, just about an hour to text. We'll pick one person at random to get those tickets once again coming up this morning. Also on the way this morning, 8 o'clock hour, a chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. Uh, you can use this Costa Vida gift certificate at any one of their locations throughout the Treasure Valley, and uh, it will get you a lot of food. And uh, don't forget, listen to Chris. At least uh, one of those picks of food, um, get the sweet pork burrito. Mm. That's your favorite, right? The sweet pork burrito followed by the sweet pork taco, <laughs> the sweet pork... Uh, Anything with sweet pork Taco salad. Uh, our question to start working on right now. Don't call us right now. Um, start working on it. Be ready to call coming up at about 8.15 this morning. Six Flags over Texas Amusement Park originally got its name from the six flags that flew at its original park in Arlington, Texas. However, after outcry after the Unite Right Nationalist Rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, they made the decision to replace all six flags. What did they replace them with? That's all you have to answer. They replaced all six flags. You still have to have the six flags because it's called Six Flags Over Texas. Um, What did they replace those six flags with? If you know the answer, listen in. Coming up after 8 o'clock, be ready to call at 208-336-3700. Allen 670 on your Verizon Wireless, and you'll be able to uh, win that $50 gift certificate to Costa Vida. It's also Open Phones Friday, uh, taking your calls. Anything you want to talk about this morning, feel free. Text message in uh, on a subject we just talked about a few minutes ago. Canyon County Schools and Hawaii County Schools have a program that the last caller was talking about. It's called CASA. They learn welding, auto mechanics, nursing, carpentry, etc. So it seems like uh, mm-hmm. schools are already doing it. So cool. you could probably look at those and say, all right, how well is this working? It's a good name for it, too. They should call it Mojo Dojo Casa House. Uh, coming up after top of the hour news, uh, we'll have an update on the police officers who were stabbed earlier this week. People wanting to know what happened. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that coming up next. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, 30 degrees in downtown Boise. Dense fog advisory for Candy County up until 11 a.m. this morning. Allow yourself a little extra time if you're traveling in from Canyon County. As you get closer into Boise, though, uh, not no fog at all in downtown Boise in my drive-in this morning. So just some of the outlying areas to be uh, aware of. Don't forget, if you are wanting to get our final pair of tickets to see the uh, Boise State Broncos in the sold-out game tomorrow at Extra Mile Arena, taking on Utah State, battle for first place. Whoever wins this game will be in first place all alone at the Mountain West. Um, and if you'd like to be there, we have those tickets. This will be it. You've got 50 minutes to text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. We'll pick one person at random. And then from 8 to 10 this morning, we're going to be giving away a golf packages, including golf tickets to the golf show and $50 value on X Golf to use at their golf simulator. So it, it'll last for about an hour, that $50. So if you want to win those, should be texting away uh, at 8 o'clock. We'll give you what to text and all the details on that coming up here in just about an hour. 
Big story uh, earlier this week. 37-year-old man was killed. Two dogs were seriously injured. Canine police dogs during a police shooting. Happened Wednesday morning. And as you say, officially, canine police dogs are police officers. They are police officers. I mean, if you talk to anybody who works with them, um, I mean, they have partners, quote-unquote, they're they're handlers. When one of them passes away, they they do that uh, Mm end-of-watch ceremony thing. And the dogs... Uh, have received medical emergency care. Um, good news to uh, report that uh, both dogs, the female, who was the most seriously injured of the uh, two, um, was stabbed twice during the uh, shooting. Her name is Miko, and uh, she, both of them ended up having to be um, went under surgery at West Vet in Boise. Both are home with their handlers. Astrid was a two-year-old Belgian, or is a two-year-old Belgian Malinois. Um, he will be back to work by spring. Miko, it's going to take a little bit longer for Miko to recover and uh, get back to work on the yeah. uh, workforce, on the police force. I figured it might be West Vet because they're open 24 hours, mm-hmm. you know, 24-7. The man was identified by Ada County Coroner's Office as Jeremiah Gaver, or Gaver, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. He died of multiple gunshot wounds at St. Alphonsus Regional Medical Center. I mean, this whole story is just absolutely crazy. Um, and it's asinine that somebody has to be dead. And I, by the way, when I say it's asinine that somebody has to be dead, it's asinine on the part of the man who is dead. He, from from the details we're getting now, um, pretty much deserves what well, he got. I mean, you know, drop the knife. There you go. They, That's all you got to do. Uh, Sheriff's Office said Wednesday incident began around 12.30 in the morning when Ada County Sheriff's Deputy was on patrol, saw Gaver uh, covered in a tarp, looking over fences into backyards of homes on South Maverick Way, just south of Amity Avenue. The deputy talked to Gaver, or Gaver, I'll call call him Gaver, um, the Sheriff's Office news release said, and Gaver did not identify himself. He didn't explain what he was doing, and he wouldn't take his hand out from underneath the tarp. More deputies and a Boise Police Department officer then arrived on the scene. Gaver, they warned Gaver several times that if he didn't comply, they would use a beanbag rifle and a canine dog to get him into custody. At around 1 o'clock, this is, this is an hour later, mm-hmm. Ada County deputy gave uh, Gaver a final order to comply. Sheriff's office said when Gaver refused, the deputy fired a beanbag round and uh, another officer sent the canine, the first canine at Gaver. Uh, the round, by the way, which most of us would cause yeah. us to pee ourselves and fall down on the ground, did not subdue him. Gaver stabbed the dog with a knife and then ran toward an open field. So right there, he has already put an officer's life at risk when he stabbed the dog. And yet, at this point, officers still did not shoot. A group of Ada County deputies and Boise police officers followed and uh, Gaver into the field, ordered Gaver to drop the knife. Officers chased Gavard toward a 24-hour gas station and, at that point, deployed tasers. Again, he fell to the ground. Sheriff's office said Boise police sent another canine at him, but this dog was also stabbed. This was the dog that was stabbed twice. At that point, Gavard then turned towards officers, with knife still in hand, threatening the officers, and the five officers fired. Officers who shot at uh, Gaver were four Ada County deputies, one Boise police officer. All five have been placed on administrative leave per department policy. Right. 
But the uh, news that you can take out of this, the good news, because so many people were going, well, what happened to the dogs? They said they were, you know, seriously injured. Did uh, did they make it? What happened? Are they going to be back on duty? They're alive. They are alive. That's the good news. It will take uh, some time. Um, It's going to be later this spring for one of the dogs to get back on duty, and will take longer for the other one because uh, the other one was pretty seriously injured uh, by the two stabbings. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's too bad anybody had to die. Uh, but, you know, the guy obviously was uh, acting extremely erratically. How many warnings did he get? And, and, right? he, and he was threatening the police. So How, he, I mean, it, it seems like the police in this particular instance... Well, he got a warning, then he got a beanbag, then he got another warning, then he got tasered, and then he got another warning, and then they shot. I mean, this all happened over an hour-long period, so right. it's not like the, the police, you know, jumped right away. It's like, all right, let's let's shoot this guy, and then... Once again, when you turn around, and I don't care if you're threatening somebody with a knife, you know, or or a gun, you're you're threatening police officers. And all we have to do is go back last year and remember the police officer who was killed when he was stabbed by the uh, gentleman he thought he was trying to help alongside the road. Right. Travis writes in, uh, why was deadly force used by police officers in this incident? Because he was holding a knife and coming at them. After he was already put down, and apparently um, from the tasing, he was then shot by all five officers. little bit of overkill, don't you think? One of them would have been enough, and why couldn't they have just shot him in the leg instead of killing him? That's not how you do it. You, uh, the, the, they're trained to aim for the center of mass, and they do that because you are supposed to stop the threat not shoot them and then see what they do. Yeah. You, you, you don't want to just injure them and then end up getting killed by an injured man. As far as the, the five officers, um, I mean, what do you expect them to do? It's like, hold off, don't shoot yet. Which one of us is going to shoot him? You, yeah. you, you don't sit there and have a conversation. You, you, the, I mean, your instincts as a police officer, tra- your training takes over. Um, and you, you can see that the training... I think was there in the fact that all five officers shot when they were basically threatened in this way. So I, an investigation Again. is is underway. We'll find out if it was, um, you know, a, a good shooting or not at the end of the investigation. Again, you know, we, you know, it, it is too bad anybody had to be killed or even hurt. Yeah. And, but like I said, I think the uh, police, at least from the information we have so far, there may be more out there that we don't know about, but at least from the information we have so far, uh, it seems like they tried to give him every single chance that they could before having to take deadly force. Your thoughts if you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Time for another check on sports. Once again, brought to you by the place that is already open for breakfast this morning, Pork Belly and Cuna, breakfast, lunch, or breakfast at lunch. They're one of the restaurants that will serve you breakfast at 2 o'clock in the afternoon if you want. Get into Pork Belly today. Since it opened in 2014, the San Francisco 49ers home field in Santa Clara, California, has been called Levi's Stadium, and that won't be changing anytime soon. Thursday, the team signed a $170 million extension with Levi Strauss and Company to keep the name through the 2043 season. Levi's and the 49ers had a 20-year deal for stadium naming rights that was paid, uh, that has paid the team $11 million uh, each year and will continue to do so through 2033. Then beginning with the 2034 season, that goes up to $17 million. The starting lineups for this year's NBA All-Star Game were announced Thursday, and LeBron James broke the NBA record with his 20th All-Star selection. 
Last season, James tied the record of 19 All-Star games with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The format of this year's game will return to the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference after six years during which two team captains were chosen by fans, then the rest of the players were chosen by the captains in a draft. Joining James on the West team are Luka Doncic of the Mavericks, Shea Gilgis-Alexander of the Thunder, Kevin Durant of the Suns, and Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets. Starters for the East are Tyrone Halliburton of the Pacers, Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Bucks, Jason Tatum of the Celtics, and Joel Embiid of the 76ers. That's sports. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us uh, once again this morning. The uh, NASDAQ, S&P, hit uh, new all-time highs yesterday. Uh, man, that's that, that that's starting to get repetitive, although I like it. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen today, however, because uh, all three of the indexes are down ahead of the opening here in a few minutes. Dow's down 52 as of right now. A couple things I want to talk to you uh, about this morning, both of them kind to kind of tied together um, with the Fed's preferred inflation gauge out this morning. What is that saying? Apparently, uh, stock market not liking it as far as the futures are concerned. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing a modest drop across the board. I mean, the Dow's down, I mean, maybe two-tenths of one percent, S&P down one-tenth of one percent. So I, I anticipate today to be relatively flat, And but we're still on pace for a winning week and pretty, I mean, hitting all-time highs, I mean, across many of these major indexes. But, you know, investors are looking forward to this preferred measure of inflation, the core PCE, and it was right in line with expectations. So that's why I, I believe we're not seeing a huge move to the upside or downside, particularly in the futures trading. Right. And it just showed that uh, core PCE moved down to 2.9 percent. Now it's interesting because this is from de- this is from December of 2023, and if you look at where the core PCE was the previous year, it was up at 3.2 percent. So we d- certainly saw a decline. This is the lowest reading that we've seen since March of 2021. It was an increase on a monthly basis of 0.1%. So again, not a dramatic move. But right. what's interesting here is now, you know, attention is turning on to the central bank, the Fed funds rate, which is their, their policy rate that they set. It's at 2.3% above the core PCE. This is the most restrictive, I guess, policy, monetary policy stance that we've seen since September of 2007. And you also got to remember, June of 2022, core PCE was at 7%. So bottom line is we, we've come a long way and we're very, very close to that, Fed, to the Federal Reserve's preferred 2% inflation target. Right. It's going to be really interesting to see what their commentary is around rate cuts. Cause at this point, you know, there, there's, there, they could argue that, hey, uh, we, we can still, we, we can still be restrictive because we don't see any large deterioration in the greater economy. Or do they take the stance of, hey, we're right on track with hitting that 2%. We're ready to, we're ready to cut rates. Okay. That ties, I'm just going to be paying close attention that to That ties into my other question I wanted to, uh, see your thoughts on, um, Macy's last week announced 2,400 layoffs. Um, this week, 24,000 workers were laid off at the top tech companies like Microsoft and Amazon. Newspapers, news outlets uh, laid off hundreds of workers this week. REI announced almost 500 layoffs. 
Um, is this? I, I'm wondering if the good news on the stock market and how every day it seems to be going up this week, is that going in? Because that was the one thing that was missing from the Fed is they were uh, not happy that uh, jobs were still growing at the rate they're going. But we're starting to see uh, a lot of layoffs right now. Is that why the stock market was doing so great this week? Or you're going, that, hey, that last little bit of information, that piece of the puzzle, uh, looks like we're starting to uh, see um, not as many people get hired and even some layoffs. Yeah, I think that certainly is a piece to it. You know, when we're looking at the technology space, it's the weighting of the overall job market. Uh, I guess the representation of jobs that is attributed to technology is just pretty dang low. And you got to remember on the, I mean, on the heels of the pandemic, I mean, right after that, the technology sector just had such an aggressive um, hiring campaign that you, you could argue that they, I mean, there's a lot of companies that right. came out that are implementing these layoffs and said, Hey, we just, we just went too aggressive on over hiring. So now we got to bring it back down to well, reality, that but free government money. Yeah, no, certainly. <laughs> so, so again, I, I do think that will be taken into consideration because it's kind of hard to deny. I mean, when you're talking about these, these, uh, level of layoffs, especially hitting the headlines, I would, I'm one to believe that that might, uh, sway the Federal Reserve's I mean, right. stance on this, especially when we're so close to that inflation target. In my yeah. opinion, I don't think there's any reason to maintain this aggressive policy, uh, monetary policy stance. Probably time to start, uh, implementing some rate cuts. All right, uh, we'll look here. The opening in a few minutes away. All three of the indexes are down as of right now. We'll look to see whether or not later in the day uh, we continue with all-time highs in the S&P and NASDAQ. We'll get some updates from you, and then we'll talk to you again Monday. Thanks, gents. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Malheur Enterprise reports the 3rd District Board of Control, the governing body of Idaho High School Sports, met Tuesday to consider the actions of Russell Brunson. During a wrestling match this past Saturday, a video captured Brunson jumping onto the mat and punching a Nyssa freshman wrestler. That was during a match with Brunson's son, a Rocky Mountain senior. Brunson, a volunteer assistant coach for four years at Rocky Mountain, resigned Monday according to a statement from West Ada School District, and is no longer affiliated with the district that oversees Rocky Mountain High School in any capacity. Officials uh, had to stop the match to clear the Rocky Mountain assistant coach from the mat. He was not ejected from the tournament at the time. Brunson explained in a letter to District 3 Board of Control that he thought his son was put into an illegal chokehold and feared he was about to pass out. As a coach, the normal reaction would be to yell and point it to the ref, but my reaction as a dad took it one step too far. Brunson wrote, what would you do if your kid was getting choked out just two feet in front of your face? If I had more time, I probably would have made a better decision, but it all happened. I panicked, and it was over in less than three seconds. Now, Brunson has since been banned for life from coaching any Idaho high school sport, not just wrestling, but wow. any time in the future. If he wants to coach, he's not going to be allowed. And he was a volunteer anyway, right? Yeah. Um, it also barred Brunson from attending any IHSAA sporting event for the rest of the school year and the 2024-25 school year. Um, the board felt that the actions of Coach Brunson's were egregious and unacceptable, which I agree with. 
The unfortunate part of this, and by the way, Brunson is appealing that last part. He's not appealing that he can uh, never he probably, coach again. Probably still wants to go see his he son wants, uh, wrestle. His his son's a senior. Yeah. This will be the fat last time that he will ever be able to watch his uh, son. Um, you know, unless he goes on to college, but uh, last time he'll be able to watch his son. And, and out of all the things that you can do to someone, uh, that one would be the worst right there. And, and I say that as a parent who, you know, went and watched, love watching kids and all the sports. If you said, um, you know, that you can never watch your, for the next two years, you can't watch your kid, even if it was two more years, but he is a senior. Um, man, that one, that one would be tough to take. Um, he went on to write, um, there is no excuse for my actions. On January 20th, he wrote in text messages, I should not have stepped onto the mat and tried to break up the wrestling match. I saw my child in a potentially dangerous position and reacted harshly. I have reached out to Nissa Wrestler's family directly and sincerely apologized for my inappropriate reaction. By the way, the Nissa School District has not ruled out seeking criminal charges in this oh. case as of yet. Brunson apologized for hitting uh, the student in his letter to the board, wrote that it was not premeditated. I was wrong. I don't know what happened. I was scared, and my instinct was to push the other kid off of him so that the choking would stop and he could breathe. If I could go back and replay those two seconds of my life, I would, but unfortunately, it is too late. I think the, the best thing probably would have been for him to yell at the top of his lungs at the referee, he's got him in a chokehold. Yeah. Break it up. And if, quite frankly, I, I get that point. And if this was not his son, that's probably what he would have done mm-hmm. as a coach. Um, like he said, he wasn't acting like a coach at the moment. He yeah, was acting like it, a it was like, it, it, and, you know, I get it. I, I, I don't, I would hope I wouldn't react the same way. And hopefully this is a uh, warning to other coaches who and there are a lot of times where there are coaches who are parents that that help out in a volunteer situation like this 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless um what do you think about this i mean there's no right or wrong answer here he's barred for life can't coach ever again uh any uh high school sport here in idaho and uh not allowed to see his son in any more sporting events um for the rest of his high school career um fit the crime Punishment fit the crime? Too harsh? Not enough? Should there be criminal charges? Like, like I said, Nissa um, School District has not ruled out seeking criminal charges as of yet so far. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to weigh in your opinion. In the meantime, let's get a final check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. Final time with Chris, brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Don't forget, not a great way, not just a great way to start out your day during the week, but they are open on Saturdays and Sundays. So if you can't get in because of work during the week, you can get in tomorrow. And of course, don't forget their coffee drive-through, iced coffee, hot coffee, energy drinks, and more. And you don't ever have to get out of your car at Pork Belly and Cuna. Saturday at 2 p.m. at Extra Mile Arena, number 18 Utah State's men's basketball team visits Boise State. Both teams are 5-1 and one in conference, tying them for first place in the Mountain West. This will break that tie. The Aggies are 17-2 and two overall. The Broncos are 14-5. and five. Utah State junior forward Great Asabor is second in the conference in scoring with 18.7 points per game and the leader in rebounding with 9.7 per game. The Boise State women's basketball team plays Saturday at San Diego State at 2 p.m. The Broncos are 13-7 and 7 overall and 4-3 and in the Mountain West. Their road record is 3-3. and 3. 
Boise State as a team is third in the nation in block shots per game with 6.6. Abby Muse is second in the nation individually, averaging 3.4 blocks. The Broncos won the first meeting between the two teams uh, this season, 68-59, two weeks ago in Boise. That's sports. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. There you go. You just heard you got eight minutes. This is the final eight minutes. If you want our final pair of tickets to the Boise State-Utah State game, sold out. Extra Mile Arena tomorrow. Final pair of tickets. They're yours if uh, you're... First of all, have to text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700, and then one person at random will be chosen to get those final pair of tickets. Just keep in mind, you do have to pick these up before close of business today, which is 5 o'clock. Taking your uh, phone calls, your uh, emails, once again this morning, we're talking about the uh, man who was banned for life from any type of coaching, wrestler coach for Rocky Mountain, uh, also banned this year and next from attending any high school sporting events. Um, His son is a senior, so he would have to miss any of his son's sporting events, his senior season, Um, and he has already said that he is going to appeal it. Um, Punishment enough? Not enough? Did it go far enough? I wouldn't wouldn't, uh, charge him criminally like they're thinking of doing. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as... uh, Darren and Cuna disagree, says Brunson should be brought up on felony assaults charges to a minor. Well, probably technically he should, I guess, but I still wouldn't, I don't think. Uh, Dave writes in and says, uh, did you see the video? Yes, he interrupted. Yes, he put his hands on another wrestler. Yes, he shoved and slapped at the kid, and yes, it was very bad, but it did not look like a punch. They have various angles, and it happened so fast. When I first heard the story, it sounded like the dad threw haymakers at the kid. (laughs) <laughs> Once I saw the video, and as a parent of a junior, yes, I understand his reaction, but uh, I did, do not condone it. I also agree he should be banned from assisting or involvement in sports in high school, but my, in my opinion, he should be able to watch his son. I, that's kind of where I'm at, Dave. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's agree you should never uh, lay your hand on a kid for any reason. Um, I get not allowing him sports, um, but I, I, I would still allow him to attend sporting events. Mm-hmm. That's just my my personal opinion, and I guess maybe that maybe I'm speaking more from uh, the standpoint of uh, having kids who played various it just, sports. It, but it, it, it's, it seems kind of natural, though, that, okay, this guy was at a wrestling match, even though he was one of the coaches. He was at a wrestling match. He jumped onto the mat. He smacked one of the uh, the wrestlers. Uh, so he is now banned from going to at least wrestling. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's too bad. Yeah. Again. Sp- Spider in uh, Eagle, listening on 93.1 FM. Um, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. I was just curious as to why Chris wouldn't press charges. Why I wouldn't? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was uh, it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing, and the uh, the other kid wasn't hurt. Uh, I guess I would just uh, feel like the punishment is enough that he's no longer allowed to participate. But, I mean, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong about that. Thank We're you. For, entitled to our opinion. Yeah. I guess. Well, yeah. And, yeah, and that's that, you know, if, if we weren't, we wouldn't have a radio show. We wouldn't get to have fun here every day. 
Um, thank you for uh, your question, uh, Spider. It's, Thanks for the call. It's national have fun at work day, by yeah. the way. Um, and I mean, and we said this basically at the beginning. Just your your opinion. None of us are, um, you know, prosecuting attorneys, DAs. Um, most of us are not, you know, coaches or anything like that. But a lot of us are parents. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, like I said, my opinion comes um, from the parental side of this thing, is, and that's why I said that I would I mean, probably not bar him from attending high school events. With that one, with that one description, it, it more or less sounds like he shoved him off of his kid. Uh, and and again, like I said, the the other kid didn't get hurt. If he had like broken his nose or smacked him in the face or something, yeah. a straight punch. I mean, yeah, I probably would press charges. Some sort. Uh, another email in says the uh, coach got what he deserved. I really don't think it's much of a story compared to what else is happening in the world. Um, well, it is a story. It's being covered on every single news organization uh, in Idaho and especially here in the Treasure Valley. So, yeah, it is kind of a story. can't really say it's a story uh, just well, because you want to compare it to but, something else that's going on. But it's also Open Phones Friday, so if you want to bring up a different subject, you can. Ta-da! Yes, you can. A 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You want to give your opinion, here's your chance to do it. Um, don't forget, just a few more minutes, text the word Broncos. We've got a pair of tickets we're going to be awarding in the next hour between uh, 8 and 10 o'clock, we'll be giving away a uh, golf package valued at $100. We'll tell you how to win that coming up, too. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Malheur Enterprise reports the 3rd District Board of Control, the governing body of Idaho high school sports, met Tuesday to consider the actions of Russell Brunson. During a wrestling match this past Saturday, a video captured Brunson jumping onto the mat and punching a Nyssa freshman wrestler. That was during a match with Brunson's son, a Rocky Mountain senior. Brunson, a volunteer assistant coach for four years at Rocky Mountain, resigned Monday, according to a statement from West Ada School District, and is no longer affiliated with the district that oversees Rocky Mountain High School in any capacity. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless that's West Ada District, right? Uh, yeah, Rocky Mountain. Um, taking your opinions, uh, the, the, was he punished enough? It's just your opinions. Should he be punished further beyond never being able to coach any sport in high school here in Idaho again? Um, he's also not allowed to attend for the rest of this year and all of next year uh, any sporting events in high school. The Nissa School District is still weighing whether or not they would seek out criminal charges uh, against him. Um, punishment too much? Enough? Just about right? Just taking your opinions here this morning on this story that happened this past uh, weekend. Uh, text messages in uh, says, on the uh, parental side, would you want this coach to protect your child on the mat? There are so many ways that you can look at this. Mm-hmm, there are. I, I guess I never took at it. Look at it from that side. I did. I have thought about it from the side. If I was the parent of the other kid who the coach punched, yeah. or open face. I mean, some people are saying, "Hey, you can't really call this a punch." Although, I mean, you can open hand punch somebody just because his fist wasn't closed. Uh, in looking at the videos, you you, you, you just still you can't touch a kid. Um, Andrew writes in. And says, as a former wrestler, it looks like the Nissa wrestler had him in an illegal headlock, and the dad tried to get the ref to stop it and then jumped in. Yes, apparently it does look 
like he tried to get the mm-hmm. ref to stop it before doing something. Right. As a, if I were on the other side of this, and by the way, I had three kids um, who wrestled in high school. If I was a parent on the other side of this and that coach, I, I would be upset. I don't think I would change my mind. However, I would agree with the fact that he probably should never coach again, um, or at the very least, n- not able to coach. Maybe you put a finite time on it in case he does, but say put a finite touch or a finite time on it and say can't coach for the next five years and will not be allowed to coach unless he makes an appeal to come back and then look at it again sometime in the future. As a parent of the other kid, if this had happened, I'd be okay with that, but I would still be on the side of, hey, this is heinous. He has apologized. What she said, he has apologized to the family. Um, I still wouldn't want to see him as a parent even if this, if, if my kid was the other kid that this happened to, you feel bad for him. Uh, yeah, I would. I would still not want him to, you know, miss seeing, seeing his uh, kid not. In the meantime, I mean, he is appealing it, but in the meantime, I guess he'll have to just send somebody, uh, you know, to uh, tape it for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, Jeff from Nampa writes in uh, another text message. Writes in the coach was most likely banned from watching his son out of caution. In case some yeah. other parents at future matches can't start trouble with this guy, him being there could get ugly with some other parents. John, I didn't even think about that. John writes in, oh, this is actually on a different subject. He says, regarding police stabbings, I'd say it's highly likely that Mr. Gabbard was uh, on drugs of some sort, and people think going soft on illegal drugs in Idaho is a good idea. I'd say more than appropriate response by the officers he had multiple chances to comply regarding illegal drugs. If it was my decision, I'd make the laws even more stringent on all illegal drugs and make harder mandatory incarceration sentencing. Bottom line, Idaho is too great to let it go to pot. Now, with that being said, and I understand your thoughts on that, uh, I do want to reiterate, um, we have... No investigation back saying that he was high on anything. You you can say okay he must have been high um, because I mean it's just it's just dumb to sit there and do what he did when you hear what he did. You know he 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 got shot by a uh, what do you call it the uh, beanbag gun mm-hmm. rifle. Um, he was put down by um, taser. taser and still would not drop the knife. Still would not look listen to the police. Stabbed two police officers and you can say whatever you want and say oh they were just dogs. No, they're considered police officers. So he had already seriously injured two police officers in the canines and then also yeah. threatened and, to turn around. So uh, and, none and of whole, that is the good. The whole thing went on for at least an hour, right? Yeah, it was over, over an it was, hour. It was over an hour. So they did try to de-escalate for quite mm-hmm. some time, and it just wasn't happening. Um, so I, uh, once again, he may have been high on drugs. We don't know that. So, you know, stating your opinion and saying, hey, he was high on drugs. We need to do something about this. We don't know that as of yet. I think he just said, I'll bet he was high on drugs. Yeah. So uh, let's let's wait for the tox report. There will be a tox report, I guarantee. Investigation is going on. The five officers who shot the man um, have been put on uh, administrative leave, as they always are. That's nothing new. And the names have not been uh, released of the uh, officers so far. I don't know if we'll... I'm, I'm sure we'll get the names eventually, but their, their names have not been released, and an investigation uh, is going on. James in Garden City says the punishments being called for are too harsh. The circumstances seem extremely unique. His kid in the match with an illegal chokehold is probably a rare situation. I think he should be banned from coaching, or bad discipline as a coach, but the rest seems excessive. 
and that's kind of how you felt about yeah. it too. The coaching ban, you don't disagree with, but the the parental uh, you know viewing ban, you do. Uh, another text, no name on this, says, I agree with the coaching ban. I also agree with not attending the events unless he would agree to do some public service announcements against violence in the schools. This way the son doesn't suffer the consequences of his father's action and just maybe something positive can come out yeah. of a bad situation. That's a good idea, too. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll take a break here. By the way, uh, we are underway with another contest uh we have golf package to give away right now uh all you have to do is text the word golf g-o-l-f to 208-336-3700 you'll have up until 10 o'clock today it's a hundred dollar value you have four free tickets to the uh, idaho golf show coming up here next month and we'll throw in a 50 dollar gift certificate for one hour of golf at X Golf, go ahead and uh, start texting right now. In the meantime, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got a fifty dollars gift certificate to Costa Vida. We'll give away with the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question right after Bronco Sports today. Tonight at ten, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Two zero eight 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 forty one twenty eight is the number of our uh, sponsor of the damn near impossible question berkshire hathaway home services silverhawk realty that's the number you should call if you're looking to get into a new home in the new year maybe you want to sell a home or maybe you just want to find a way to invest in real estate they can help you through the process answer any of your questions just give them a call today all right up first aaron is going to get a crack at our question for a 50 dollars gift certificate to costa vita aaron Six Flags Over Texas Amusement Park originally got its name from the uh, six different flags that flew at its original park in Arlington, Texas. However, after outcry after the Unite the Right Nationalist Rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, they made the decision to replace five of those six flags. Our question for you this morning, what did they replace them with? They replaced them with different variations of the American flags. That's good enough. That's All- it. <laughs> all flags uh, that fly over Six Flags, because it is called Six Flags uh, over Texas, all Six Flags now fly the American flag instead of the uh, different flags. The The problematic flag, by the way, was the Confederate flag. That was the uh, one that they yeah, really they had a problem with. Didn't have that much problem with I, Mexico, Spain, France, uh, Republic of Texas. Uh, or USA. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they had the problems with the others, other than maybe they said, you know what, just so we don't have a future problem in case we go to war with one of these other countries, let's get rid of them too. Um, but there you go. That's it. Congratulations. Hang on the line. We'll get some info from you. $50 gifts to be good to Costa Vida. It's all yours. Congratulations to all of our winners. By the way, um, we did text the winner for the Boise State tickets. All right, you should have a text. If you texted in to win this morning, check your text. We have not heard back from you. Um, need to let you know how to pick up your tickets. And once again, they have to be picked up before 5 o'clock this afternoon. We will take a break. When we come back, we always talk to the lawmakers that are making the laws in the legislature. We've got news at the bottom of the hour. And when we come back, um, today is uh, House Day. And we've got a couple of lawmakers that will be in with us coming up at 8.35 afternoons. We're going to be talking with Democratic Representative Steve Birch, District 15 in Boise. And then uh, we're going to talk uh, kind of uh, great coincidence. We're going to talk to this person because we've talked a lot about his bill that he introduced this week. Republican Representative Ted Hill, District 14 in Eagle, will be with us coming up at about 8.45. 
News Talk, KBOI, covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State representatives joining Casper and Chris on News Talk, KBOI. 8.36, yes, uh, Friday is uh, House Day, Thursday, Senate Day, and today uh, I'd like to welcome back into our studios Representative Steve Birch, District 15 in Boise, uh, third term in the House. Representative Birch is also a member of the House Business Committee, House Education Committee, and House Local Government uh, Committee. Thanks for coming in for a few minutes with us this morning, walking down the street a little bit. My pleasure. Thank did you, you walk or time. did you drive? I did drive. Okay. Yeah. Want to make sure I got and here. And that's on, fine. That's fine. Want to make sure I got here on time. So, <laughs> um, let's let's start out this morning. Um, we're now almost a month into the session, and it seems, especially the House, seems um, that they've done a, a lot more this early in the session than we we had done last year. I know at this time, um, a lot of our listeners are going, are they ever going to do anything? And then everything gets pushed, of course, to the end of the legislature. And who knows, maybe there'll be a lot of that this time. Um, but I want to talk, now that we've been into it a month, with the issues that are being brought up so far, um, are these the issues that most voters are concerned about that we're starting to see so far in the first part of the legislative session? Well, I mean, it's a great question because, you know, the House is doing a lot of stuff. The question is, are they doing the right stuff? Uh, so uh, Boise State University every year does a, a, a survey, the public, and they do a very thorough cross-section of inputs from everyone in the entire state. And uh, they, uh, they identified several top issues um, that voters and, uh, and citizens are telling them they care about. What are the top issues they care about? And this was, these were the issues in, in ranked in a priority order. One was education. Second was jobs and the economy. Third was housing. Fourth was health care. Fifth was taxes. Sixth was the environment. And seventh was transportation. And that aligns pretty well with voters tell me at the door. These are the kind of bills we've seen coming th- uh, through the legislature, uh, the House and the Senate, uh, just in the last several weeks. Redefining the word fetus to be preborn child, redefine the word gender to be sex, prohibit abortion in case of rape and incest, sue libraries if a book offends you, ban masks uh, mandates, repeal Medicaid expansion, execute anyone by firing squad if convicted of lewd conduct with a minor, allow janitors, cafeteria workers, and visitors to carry a concealed gun into an elementary school or any school allow concealed guns on college and university campuses, and define domestic terrorism in a way that would exclude domestic terrorists. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it, And this is the stuff that apparently the majority party thinks is what's most important. And to me, it's out of, totally out of touch with what voters really care about and has a d- profound impact on their lives. Why, why is the legislature out of touch? It's an election year, mm-hmm. and so... A lot of the folks in the legislature uh, are, a lot of these bills are written to appeal to a very small but very uh, motivated, energized audience that votes in Republican primaries. Okay. Because it doesn't take very much to win a Republican primary. And if you don't have a challenger in November, if you win in May, you've won in November. Let's talk about uh, fiscal policy. Uh, How much did the legislature uh, exclude last year? Ah. So that's a great question, too, because, you know, I just came from a Meridian Chamber of Commerce event, and a lot of people were concerned about property taxes going mm-hmm. up. Uh, how do we fund EMS services? Will the launch program have enough money and so forth? And the answer to all these questions is money. 
So the question becomes, where does the money come from? So my, my, one of my favorite parlor game questions is I'm going to ask the two of you, guess, <laughs> keeping in mind that the legislature appropriated $4.9 billion in fiscal 2023, how much do you think the legislature exempted from revenue collection just in sales tax exemptions last year? What do you think, Mike? Well, the fact that you're asking the question means it's probably a lot, and since it's over $4 billion and uh, what you're talking about, um, $100 million. $100 million? What do you say? Uh, $400 million. Right. The answer is $5.2 billion. Okay, that's Jeez. way off. Five, that, is, that is more so than... So it's more than they got. That's a more, they exempted more money they collected. And it's not that these exemptions are wrong or bad. What is wrong and bad is that they never get reviewed, they never expire, some have been in place since the 1960s, and there's no objective criteria for determining if that tax break is a net long-term benefit to the citizens of the state or a gift to the recipient. So if we had a review process, and we're only one of 16 states that doesn't, if only, if 20%, if we kept 80% of those tax breaks, sales tax exemptions, and only 20% were retired, that alone would flow a over a billion dollars every single year into the general fund. We'd have money to pay for facilities in education, and, and we, we wouldn't have school districts floating bonds and levies every year. And, and these are exemptions, then, that clearly most of us aren't getting. Well, actually, no, some of you are. For example, um, about, I think a little, probably about half or a little more, I'd have to check on the latest percentage, okay. is, the general exempt, is the exception, actually, the technical term. is the sales tax exception for services. So you don't pay sales tax on a haircut, and right. you don't pay sales tax on maintenance for your private jet. Okay? So, um, it, again, it's not that it's wrong. The problem is there's no review process. In fact, even if only 5% of those exemptions could be determined to be obsolete or no longer make sense, that alone would flow a quarter of a billion dollars every single year into the general fund. In four years, that's a billion dollars. And that's where the money is is the irresponsibility of anchoring our fiscal policies to the 1960s. So do you put forth a bill then to get a review process? Well, I c you can do that, but this is a huge task. There's an army of lobbyists in the Capitol to protect their various tax breaks. Uh, there is the general notion by some that government should just be as small as possible, no matter how, how ineffective it, that it turns out to be. And there are those that just have, you know, don't want, don't want these things touched. Mm -hmm. It, this is, to address this issue, is, would require people coming together, thinking long-term, and understanding that there's this balance between being smart with taxpayer dollars every day and balancing it with smart investments for the future. That's what smart, successful business people do. No organization or no state, especially the fastest state in the nation, grow, fastest growing state in the nation, ever survived or thrived simply by cutting costs. And they're going to be looking at yet another decrease in the income tax rate, which will take another $60 million off the table. Uh, I think, to me, this is fiscally irresponsible, and it's time that serious people came together to address this issue. Is there certain, and I don't know if you've even looked uh, enough into this, uh, really egregious tax breaks that they're getting uh, for instance, I mean, you're going to get a lot of pushback from people who go, well, I don't want to be charged, uh, you know, taxes on like my haircut. I, I don't want to be uh, my teenage son who mows my neighbor's lawn. I don't want to have him, um, you know, all of a sudden having to to pay taxes on certain things like that. Um, 
so I think you get a lot of pushback from the voters on on certain things like that. But are there really egregious things, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, that if you did have a, a, an overview and look into this, that you could find enough people that would agree and say, yeah, we probably shouldn't be giving them a break? What's egregious is that school districts float bonds and levies every single year just to keep the lights on and just to be able to hire enough teachers to keep class sizes under 40 kids. And that, so, yeah, I think people actually wouldn't mind paying sales tax on a haircut if, in fact, they didn't have to vote on school bonds and levies every single year. Uh, So there's a cost that goes with not addressing an issue like this when you take so much money off the table that it winds up costing you in other ways, whether it's actual dollars or decreased services like EMS services. They're parts of the state that have 45-minute wait time before you can get an EMS service. It's volunteer effort. It's a crazy quilt and patchwork of volunteers providing these services. It's It really requires stepping back. So what I'm interested in is a, is a review process. Right. That's what we really need. has objective criteria and that recipients of tax breaks need to come to the table to justify why that tax break should be renewed. And if they can make the business case, Absolutely. You brought up education, or the schools anyway, so uh, let's talk about uh, the possibility of privatizing public education or Mm -hmm. simply, uh, uh, I I guess that there's something brand new about the public uh, charter schools administration, Mm -hmm. uh, a new decision, and uh, vouchers and everything. What's going on? Well, two separate issues. So Mm -hmm. we had a bill yesterday in House Education that was a revamp, a rewrite of the charter school statute, which has been a collection of bills over the last 25 years or so, and they were trying to streamline it and so forth. But the actual title of the bill was Accelerate Charter School Act. And what that bill does, and I voted against it, and in fact, in fact I was the only person on the committee that did vote against it. Um, but the problem is that when you look at, you have to connect the dots between various parts of what's in the bill. And a lot of these little things affect, a lot of these changes affect certain specific situations, but when you add it up, you're creating a framework that I think people should be concerned about. So, for example, you can now put an unlimited number of charter schools under a single LEA, which is like a school district. Mm-hmm. So one, you know, one governing body. You can have 150 charter schools. You, private enterprises can give a charter school as much money as they want, uh, and there are outside forces that, you know, that want to promote this. And there used to be the requirement of transferring a charter from one private ownership to another, because charter schools are ultimately governed by a private business, um, used to have to have 60% of the teachers and 60% of the parents to approve the transfer of a charter. That goes away. Yeah. It's just simply a, a business deal between right. two, two private enterprises. Representative Steve Birch, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, with us this morning. Much appreciated. I'm sure we'll talk to you before the end of the legislative session coming up. But anytime. Thanks for coming in, and uh, thanks for making us look really bad by not even coming close on the answer to your question. Well, you, most, legislator, <laughs> most legislators don't know the answer to that question wow. either. KVY Newstime is 846. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will continue. Republican Representative Ted Hill, District 14 in Eagle, will be with us. News Talk KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State representatives joining Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. And with that, I'd like to uh, welcome uh, in with us this morning, Republican Representative Ted Hill, District 14th in Eagle. Representative Hill, a member of the House Education Committee in his first term in the House, also a member of the uh, House Resources Conservation Committee, a member of the House Transportation and Defense uh, Committee. Um, Representative, great to have you on with us for a few minutes this morning. You've got 
two big bills um, that uh, you are working on this session. Let's start with the first one. And the reason I'm starting with that first is because it's something that uh, we and our listeners have talked a lot about this week, and uh, that's the uh, school violence bill, uh, concealed carry permit for teachers and employees of school districts. Right. Well, we started this, you know, school school shootings are one of the most devastating events we see in modern America. It's just stressful. It's horrible. And there's a desperate need to secure our schools against uh, people that want to harm our children. And police response to these threats varies. You know, we studied this. I've interviewed a bunch. It's uh, five to seven minutes sometimes. That's optimistic for some situations. Sometimes it's even more, especially in rural communities where there will be no police response. So really, the best solution I came up with is have effective security guards. That's absolutely two guards per school. Best solution. Train former police, military. That's the best solution. Maintaining that is a problem. I looked at the cost. It's prohibitive. It'd be $100 million a year to serve all the schools in Idaho. It'd be tens and tens of millions to even serve just, just a nominal amount. So... Uh, volunteer guards were offered, but that's inconsistent and and sporadic. Um, that's not hasn't been a good solution. So we looked at it and said, have a legislation that will allow alternative armed guards and leverage the potential defense capability that resides with the, the employees in the school, and that's to arm them. So instead of making the school a gun-free zone, you make it a Second Amendment zone. So the requirements for school employees under this legislation, they must be willing and able to participate. They have to complete an enhanced concealed weapons course, and they must have that and must always carry their weapon, must be concealed, and must maintain immediate control. So the school employee, if he carries this concealed weapon, he will not be subject to any disciplinary action uh, unless an employee fails to comply with any of these rules. Uh, this will be shared with the principal superintendent, also with local law enforcement, SRO, and everyone will know who has that, but that is kept confidential, uh, so it's not going to be a public knowledge. And I think the concern is how are these people going to be trained? That's always the gap on this, but it's not going to be a problem when the type of people that step up to do this most likely are going to be hunters, someone's proficient, someone that can step into this and be reasonably effective. And this is one thing that people don't quite grasp. I don't see this as someone going in the hallway and engaging somebody like a police officer. I see this more as a final defense because all the rules against a shooter is you run and hide and then fight. So everyone's running, everyone's hiding in the rooms. The teacher's in the room, that guy comes barreling to come through the room and that teacher's there and he can defend their children with a firearm. And that's the way I envision this. It's not like we're going to get some person to go out there and, and play police officer and try to engage. That's, right. that's a pretty high step. Question. Now, I could do that. Question. I could do that, but most will not. Question for you. Uh, there is a school district, Mountain View School District in Grangeville adopted this policy back in 2017. Did you guys study that at all to find out the, any of the problems or if there were any problems, how it's working um, since they've been doing it for six years? It's no problem at all. It works beautifully. So 
So that's the key. And, you know, and I suggest that some schools will have 10, 15 people do it probably, probably in my district, and some schools have none. But I think the bottom, really, the outcome of this is this new deterrence that says, hey, these these schools are no longer gun-free zones. Sheep's pens come in and shoot up. We're armed. One of these schools had a sign out in front that says, we are armed and we will defend our children. Instead of having a gun-free zone, you walk in and see that sign. I'm not going in that school. So it's that's the big part of this. There, there's fear of the school is suddenly a different environment. I must reiterate that you go to church, churches, kids, Sunday school, There's there, everybody's armed in these churches. I mean, I've talked to people in the Nazarene, the Mormon church, the Catholic church. There are firearms throughout the congregation. They've seen those those church shootings where they had 27 people killed in that congregation down in Texas and Sullivan. People said, okay, enough of that. And I've been to these churches. They have some even have people in comm gear, and they're carrying, and these are citizens. So here we got all these children and all these things, just like the school, and everything is fine. But then suddenly we walk into the school environment, suddenly it's different. And now we can't defend ourselves. And this is the part I, you know, okay, we can make this, we can do this and responsible, we get the right people and they will be the right people. And it gives a defense. It's something, it's that final, final line. One of your quotes on the subject is, is you have to answer violence with violence. Have you gotten any backlash over that? Uh, yeah, that was not on my script. That came through the, you know, the the discussion, but you know, being, being a combat person and, (laughs) You know what I did? That's kind of what it is. So you can, you know, try to flip flowers at the guy that we watched in the room with your gun, but it, it requires a real dedication you know, to 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 protect these children, and it's violence with violence, and that's probably the hardest part for anybody in this scenario is to be able to actually respond and respond decisively. It's hard to shoot somebody else, and that's the hardest part. It doesn't matter how much training you have. You can be the best shot. You can be proficient in every possible way, but you got to have the will to make it happen, and so that violence, I don't like that. I don't really actually like that out there that came out. Uh, during the right. uh, committee, but it's you know I don't really really care much for that, but it when sounds you, a little like hardcore. But I'm trying to get a point across. One quick question for you before we uh, let you go. Almost up on uh, time. Scale of one to ten, ten being positive that it's going to happen. What do you uh, what do you think the chances of this bill passing are this year? Ten. Think it's it's going to pass. All right. Yeah. State Representative uh, Ted Hill, District 14 in uh, Eagle. Thanks for taking a few minutes. We're up on time here for you today. Um, I know you have another bill. Maybe we can get on on and talk to you about the uh, mandatory minimum bill for fentanyl in another time. But thanks for being with us this morning. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.05, final hour of the show. Um, And once again, keep in mind, today is Have Fun at Work Day. Are you having fun yet? We do. We have fun every day. Are you having fun at work? You're going to maybe have a little more fun by taking part in the show. Phone lines are open. It is Open Phones Friday, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Email us, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. You can also 
text us uh, right now. The other reason uh, you would want to text us and use that text number is because we're giving away a golf package this hour. You have 55 more minutes. 55 more minutes. We're going to give away two packages, all right? Not one, but two packages this morning. So we're doubling your chance to win. So if you're a golfer, want to be a golfer, know a golfer you'd love to give this to, text the word golf right now to 208-336-3700. We will choose two winners at random to get that golf package it includes four tickets to the boise golf show coming up february 9th through the 11th and you also get free golf at x golf an hour's worth of golf so that's a 50 dollars value um and that gift certificate all that together valued at over a hundred dollars so text the word golf you have them just until 10 o'clock and then we'll pick those two winners want to congratulate woody music i think it's it's either music or music uh, he was the winner of our Boise State tickets. He's going to watch the Boise spelled, State Utah State game. Spelled like the auctions with a CK yep. at the end. Yep. Uh, so uh, he's got tickets to the game, sold out game tomorrow. Congratulations to all of our winners. Uh, let's go and really yell loud uh, at the game tomorrow. This is a battle for first place. The rest of you, um, you're stuck listening to it on News Talk KBOI. <laughs> 93.1 FM, uh, tip off 2 o'clock pregame beginning at one thirty tomorrow. Speaking uh, of basketball todd and mountain home says as a former basketball referee there are hundreds of parents and students who should be banned for verbally threatening referees totally agree. the rocky mountain coach parent sounds very remorseful he has been penalized enough through social media I, and I, also I, by the school district like i said i i totally agree and i, I mentioned this earlier this week um, I, with kids in, you know, five, six different sports throughout their junior high, high school, college careers, um, parents, there are just some instances where you shake your head and go, what the hell's going on here? Uh, I, I saw two parents at an Optimus game when my son was 12 years old get into fisticuffs over what was going on in the field between their two kids. It's just, it was just stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not, they're not being, looked at to play in the NFL. They're 12 years old, for crying out loud, and, and you've just embarrassed your kid. And I'm sure this guy right now, he's embarrassed his kid. He's embarrassed the school. Um, I get that. Um, Jim from Eagle writes in, in regard to the coach punching the freshman student, I can't help but think that the coach should be charged with assault in court of law and let justice just run its course. Let both sides put forth their cases and let a jury decide. If he struck my kid or grandchild, there would be a civil case filed. And who knows? Maybe there will be a civil case. Now, he has, uh, in case you hadn't seen, he has called the family of the uh, kid uh, that he uh, put his hands on, that he struck, and he has apologized. Mm-hmm. Um that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, he's. you can tell from what he has said on social media posts, the letter that was released that he wrote um, and, and put out to the IHSSA, um, he's remorseful, and he, he wished he wouldn't have done it. He'd take it back yeah. if he possibly could, but he said he just reacted in the instant. Well, and and I, I felt differently about it after I uh, you know, viewed the video. Uh, the, the video of it, where it looks like he's trying to get the referee to intervene and the referee won't, so finally he just kind of pushes the other kid. Yeah. Uh, another text message the, in you know, chokehold. says, uh, We had a similar situation with a parent and a cheerleader at our school 25 years ago. I was an employee of the school district at the time. The parent pin- that pinned the cheerleader to a wall after the cheerleader had shoved his wife during a verbal confrontation about the parent's son who was playing. The parent was banned from attending activities for a full year as well. The thing we had to consider that wasn't 
being mentioned on your show this morning is the school's reputation and the other parents' fears of playing against our school. In this case, how would you feel if your child was going to wrestle against Rocky Mountain and this parent would still be there? I, Like I said earlier, I wouldn't have a problem personally with me as a parent with that with him there as a spectator. Um, yeah, yeah, I, he deserve, I, I'm sorry, he deserves to be, uh, banned from coaching. I, I mean, you, you proved that even though it was a lapse in judgment for three seconds or five seconds or whatever, um, you probably should not be around kids I, at the I high school. Level. I didn't really think the ban from, uh, high school sports was bad. No, I didn't either. I mean, because it's like, okay, you did this at a high school sport. You know, you're not supposed to do that. Now you're banned. Yeah. But um, I, don't, I don't think he should face criminal charges, though. Dave and Cuna. Uh, writes in, unfortunately, he should be banned from wrestling for the rest of the season and likely all sports since he cannot seem to control himself. His family will have a video. His son's participating in other sports, so we can watch that. Mm-hmm. He's lucky so far that they haven't pressed charges, but I think it would be too much based on the well, video. And he wasn't just banned from wrestling. He was banned from high school all, sports. All sports, yeah. And his son is a senior, so this may be the last chance he's got. To, I don't know whether he plays baseball or track yeah, and field. I don't know either. Um, Dave on another subject writes in, uh, which he can do on Fridays because it's Open Phones Friday. Mm-hmm. Why can't the Republican Party see the opportunity to have the first woman in the White House as a Republican? Donald Trump is unfit. So is Biden, of course. Crazy old criminal. If any one of us stole classified do- documents, we would be sitting in federal penitentiary for the rest of time, let alone all the other BS that he has committed. How obvious does it have to be that we don't want either of these crazy old men running our country? Thanks for taking our comments. That's Dave. I, I will say, Dave. Do you really want, instead of the American people choosing their candidate, that you want uh, a a party, the Republican Party, to say, you know what, we don't care what the people choose, we're going to pick the candidate and that's going to be your presidential nominee? Because I don't. Well, they can can pick their own nominee. They do have the right to do that. But all Republicans have a right to be in the Republican Party uh, decision-making process. Now, as far as... The opportunity that he's mentioning, I've thought about that, that uh, if uh, the Republicans wanted to make a statement, that statement being, hey, we're not as sexist as our reputation would say we are. Look, we had the first woman president. Yeah. But if if they're not going to do that, then I, I, I guess. Uh, and, and for the most they part, don't consider that a good opportunity. Um, Democrat and Republican parties uh, all stay out of the you know primary races for the most part until they get down to the point of um Picking. I mean, they 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 don't get into, you know, when there were how many were there total nine, eight, nine Republican candidates at the beginning of the primary uh, at least. season. Yeah, at, at least that many. The Republican Party doesn't come out and go, okay, we endorse this person, and this is the person that you guys should be really looking at. They 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 don't do that uh, until the end of the process. Um, yeah, three or four of them. It was like they were entered a week and then said, hey, do you people like me? No, okay, I'm out. <laughs> 208-336-3700, uh, Ernie, Ernie in Meridian, listening on 93.1 FM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KDOI. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, uh, I was going to, you know, Chris, I, I, I hear what you're saying about him being able to see his kid play. The only thing is I, I coached basketball for over 20 years. And the last stint that I had was over at the Tartanian Basketball Academy. I've seen parents come in all kinds of flavors, sizes, and volumes, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing is, is not only did this parent give up his right to coach, 
as a coach myself, I understand like there are a number of factors just within the game itself that are going to affect my players mentally. The last thing I want as an opposing coach is knowing that there's a parent that had that has this on his jacket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want anything affecting my kid's mentality knowing that there is a parent that has this potential. Whether he's remorseful or not right. is irrelevant. It's already on his jacket. Now, even if it's a kid that's on my team and, and there's a parent like that, I definitely don't want him at any of the games because the last thing I want is are my players having that in the back of their mind while they're trying to play a game. It, it's just, it's, 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 uh, it, it, nothing good comes out of that. You address nothing. that. You address that to me. I, I'm Chris, by the way. You address that to me, oh, and and I agree with you. I think it was Mike who was saying that the, the guy should at least be able to watch his own kid, right? Yeah, I I I think uh, take him out uh, completely out of coaching forever. I don't have a problem with that one. I and and once again, this is the parent in me, and it's also the parent in me who would never ever think of going on and interrupting or you know yelling because i think i I think that's just stupid anyway but you know so maybe i'm naive in thinking that but i do see your point i I get your point and it's a different way to view it and it's not like school i mean everybody went through you know probably 12 years of school and it's not like schools to say something like well next time you are in this exact same situation that better not happen again they just make sure you never are in that situation again yeah and i've been in that where where my daughter has been playing a sport played basketball and I, you know, had to bite a hole in my lip the size of my <laughs> car tire watching the coach coach her. You know, it's like uh, and my, I think my we've all been there. Look at me and say behave. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we've all been I mean I, I can tell you for a fact, I've had my wife more than five times sit there and say, Calm down and sit down and shut up. So, yeah, I, I, I think we've all been there. Thank you for the call. Um, a great way of thinking yeah. of that and a, a different uh, viewpoint. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, 916, we'll take a break here. You need to take a break. Um, if you're on the line, uh, stay right where you're at. I promise that we will get to you. It is Open Phones Friday. We can talk about this or one of the other subjects we talked about this morning. Or if you have something completely different, you can do that. We do have one line open still. If you want to get in uh, and uh, get ready to uh, talk to us, you can do that right now at 208-336-3700. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 920-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Tom in Boise, listening on 670 AM this morning. Uh, you're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Good morning. I've been following the story of the guy who intervened there with his son. And it reminded me of a story that may help put some of this in perspective. Jake Plummer was being interviewed, and the interviewer asked him, he said, what's the most embarrassing moment of your football career? And the guy was thinking that, well, when he threw an interception or something on that line. And he said, no, when he was in high school, uh, he went around the corner, around the edge, and some guy clotheslined him, just took him right out. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of dazed. And when he came to, all he could hear was this woman screaming and screaming, and he didn't know what was going on. So he looked up, and his mother had the kid who was clotheslined him by his helmet screaming in his face, don't you ever hit my kid like that again. <laughs> you know. So I think parents sometimes can get a little involved in the process. Uh, I think the guy realized he screwed up, but at the same time, just like you were saying earlier, when you're – 
kid is involved in the process, sometimes yeah. the logic goes somewhere else. Yeah. I understand Jake's point of view, though. That would sort of mess with your, <laughs> your machismo, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know he was uh, stop Jake tough. Stop or my mom, mom will tough. shoot. You know? <laughs> Thank you for the call, Tom. Appreciate it. Uh, Annie in Boise listening online this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. Uh, I want. I just like to make one comment and have a question. Do does anybody know whether this man has any history of any kind of violence? Uh, don't large? don't don't know for uh, a fact, uh, one way or the other. However, uh, nothing reported that he's had problems in the past. Well, I hear a lot of chuckling, and dads can do this, and dads do that. I can tell you that the man who chose to tap dance on my face did have a history and I didn't know it. And I think it's, it's there. Are, 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 are you a former coach? No, no, no. I, uh, I'm speaking from a personal standpoint. Yeah, just, just talk okay. about a violent guy. Got, got, got it. Okay. I thought, right, I didn't know if you were a right. coach and this happened to you. No, no. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it just, it's very rare that all of a sudden when this man is 45 years old, that he decides to be violent. Yeah. The way he explained it, I mean, he said it was basically just, it was a spur of the minute thing and it, and it, it took three seconds. But then again, I, I, you know, I understand that's how almost everybody who's violent explains it. it yes, hey, that's not exactly at all like right. me. And I, was, I, I, I will say yeah, the other was, side of that too, by the way, um, because I'm not a violent person, um, never have been a violent person. Um, You've never even been in any shape, any shape of purpose. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but I, w- I would say it, when it comes to your family, um, if, if somebody did something to my wife and I was there or somebody did something to my child, um, I would become a violent person pretty quickly with no background of violence. You well, know what, you know what I mean? That, I understand that. I'm just telling you that it's very rare, and I've met a lot of men who like to do this to their wives or whoever, their children. It's even possible, and I, I shouldn't, I'm not going to say this, that, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that perhaps the son would not mind if his father was not there. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know that. Maybe maybe we've we haven't looked at that side and that's another uh good way to look at it. You know, maybe his son is oh thank God my dad isn't like, here anymore. Like, like Jake's mother. Yeah. Um thank you for the call. Yes. Yeah, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. I wonder if he was on the Denver Broncos if she would have done the same thing. Probably not. <laughs> That's true. They have they have security guards. You can't just jump onto the field. <laughs> little 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 bigger. Uh, yeah, uh, Lyle in uh, Middleton, listening on six seventy AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. It's open phones Friday. Thank you for that input. Appreciate it. <laughs> Rich in Boise, listening on six seventy AM. Good morning to you. Good morning. Hey, uh, I want to talk about. Okay, Trump had two attorney generals. Two secretaries of defense, two secretaries of state, and a vice president, and he had four chiefs of staff, and they all say that he's unfit to be president. I mean, I've never heard of any other former cabinet members like that ever saying a president was unfit when they were running for election. But all these people, that must really tell you something about his character, don't you think? I mean, these are people he picked. Yeah. He handpicked them. Uh, they were Republicans. That's why they got picked. And they're all saying that he's unfit to be president. 
It's not just that they're not endorsing him. They're saying he's unfit. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I mean, you, you got to pretty much look at anybody uh, when their you know their closest uh, uh, colleagues say something like that, and you know who who knows exactly uh, what they mean. They they they, they you know they could mean uh, things that they heard while they were working directly with him, or just the things he's doing now. Um, it, it's hard to say. Thank you for the call. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Open phones Friday continues. Don't forget, you've got about 30 more minutes. If you want to text GOLF to 208-336-3700, one, uh, actually we'll choose two people. We have two winners today of the golf package valued at over $100. Tickets to the golf show and free golf at XGOLF. Text GOLF, 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Auto Ranch Group Studios on 93.1 FM and 670 AM, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.33, it is Open Phones Friday, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Jim writes in... uh, I'm sorry, uh, no name on this one, not Jim. uh, No name says, uh, your state representative this morning thinks that he can collect, what did he say, a billion dollars for the state if they tighten up the sales tax exemptions. Who the heck does he think that money comes from? No, I pay enough already. A billion dollars divided up between just the taxpaying citizens of Idaho is too much. Make do with what you take from us already. And as far as schools go, 8000 per student per year is enough. And that's before Governor Little's additional request this year. Dang, I'm tired of them asking for more. And then Jim writes in, uh, I do agree that the tax exemptions need to be reviewed periodically. It's interesting that services were discussed this morning. If uh, a sales tax on haircuts was implemented, I would think that that would result in double taxation. The barber already pays income tax on the money they get um, from cutting hair. Casper, you'd go broke, too. Here's the thing: you, you real estate agents, yeah. you would be a sales. You know, if they got rid of sales or got rid of uh, sales tax exemption, mm-hmm. lawyers. Anybody who supplies a service for you, carpet cleaners, carpet cleaners, anything like that, would all of a sudden have an additional tax. You get tax. It's not mm-hmm. that person isn't going to pay the tax. That company isn't going to pay the tax. You will be paying another another tax. So you can say, "Hey, great, we got property tax." What? Now I have to pay for my neighbor to mow my lawn. Sales tax on that? I thought it was interesting that the statistics indicate that we take in four point nine billion dollars in taxes. And exempt five point two billion. Isn't that crazy? I, I, neither one of us even guessed close. No, uh, that uh, it would be more than we actually take in. Um, 308-336-3700, pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Matt in Boise, thanks for being patient, listening on ninety three point one FM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. Um, I just wanted to say, if this guy does not have a record, I really feel like. Uh, we need to cut him some slack. Um, I, the reason I say this is my son was in Taekwondo, and uh, there was a kid that had him in a chokehold, and then, you know, my son tapped out, and the kid just continued to keep him in a chokehold. And it was that feeling that whelms up inside of you, and that's your child out there on the map, is sometimes hard to resist. It was everything I could do. You know, the kid actually ended up being asked to not come there anymore because wow. it, it, he he held on for so long, and so I just man we gotta if he doesn't have a history of violence I really feel like uh, he needs to have you know we need to give him a little break right you know and, and that and that makes sense because you could say to somebody would you ever 
would you ever, you know, uh, be violent in a case like this? And they could say, oh, no, not at all. And you say, okay, let's say that your your only child was in a chokehold. Then what? Exactly right. So, anyways, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Lyle, don't hang up with us this time, Lyle. Hello? Hello. Okay, now we have the problem. It's too loud to hear you, Lyle. Are you on a, Are you flying on an airplane? With hang the... on. I drive a, I drive a commercial. So I took you off speaker, but okay. hey, I just wanted to say real quick, the father who wants to attend his son's sporting events, since he obviously can't control himself, let him attend just as long as he promises to wear a straight jacket at every event to avoid any further uh, problems. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Thank you, Lyle. You, could, you know, come in like uh, when they brought in Hannibal Lecter to meet that senator. <laughs> Clay out west uh, love writes, you, "Love your suit." <laughs> writes out, "Why should a teacher or coach be treated any different from any other parent? Uh, if you or I ran out onto the court and punched another student, would we be charged with a crime? He is no different, equal t- treatment under the law. Well, and he still may be charged with a crime. They are still weighing whether or not to press charges uh, against him. The school district is so. Um, I, I would ask Clay, have you seen the video?" I mean, because in the first, when I first heard what went on here, I thought that what happened, and I'm, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it in any way, still, still what happened was not good. Um, but when you first heard about the story, when I first heard about the story earlier this week, um, you know, my thoughts of when he said he punched a kid, I thought he got up there and just roundhoused, you know, punched a kid in the face or, or something. And that's not necessarily the case. Now, once again, I'm not sugarcoating it and saying that it's still not bad. It is. But after watching the video, it's not as bad as, as I thought. And in this particular instance, the coach is supposed to be down on the floor. A parent is never supposed to be on the floor. Now, what he did is still wrong. Um, he still should be punished for it. I I don't know criminal charges after seeing the video. I, I'm I'm not high on that. Um, he should never coach again. I, I have no problem with that. And that's just my personal feelings. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Uh, Bob Nampa listening on six seventy AM. It's open phones Friday. Good morning to you. Morning guys. How you doing this morning? Good. Hey, you were talking about taxes here a moment ago. I could give them a source for probably in the billions of dollars of of tax income, but they'll never use it. Uh, the last time I checked in Canyon County, the highest assessed value for so-called farm ground is $1,100 an acre. It goes as low as three fifty. dollars uh, Being a charitable guy that I am, give me a chance to get to the bank, and I'll write them a check for five times the, the assessed value for all of it they want to sell. You think they'll take it? Hmm. Um, probably not. Probably not. You can't buy an acre of ground for much less than $10,000 minimum, and it goes way up from that. It can go up over $100,000 depending on where it's at. Uh, let's, let's take that ground at the corner of Fairview and Eagle Road. That is assessed at virtually nothing. That's probably one of the most valuable pieces of, of property yeah. in the state of Idaho. As it has turned out, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous that I own rental property. My Mm -hmm. rental property is assessed at 
probably upwards of 75% of its actual market value. Uh, farm ground is assessed at a bare fraction of what it's actually worth, which seems kind of unreasonable. All right. I guess. Well, I mean, but of course, I, I do wonder how much money that would bring in. Oh, it'd bring in, it's got to be, who knows, but it's, it's got to be a lot. I mean, well, like I said, just take that chunk of ground on the corner of Fairview and Eagle. I, I would guess probably that is worth somewhere in the neighborhood of about a hundred. I talked with a realtor friend of mine. He said easily a hundred and fifty thousand an acre. Wow! But not as farm. But, yeah, it's, but it's, it's worth. Nothing. Yeah, but it's it's worth that much. But it's not worth that much at farmland. It's only worth that much if they sell it because that is a great piece for development. So it's worth that much to be sold as a development, which I, I think it eventually is going to be, but it, yeah, it's not okay. worth that much money as farmland. So are we going to base the taxes on the value of the property or on its potential income? Yeah. My, my properties, my properties if, if I don't make dollar one off of a rental property over the year, my property taxes stay the same. Right. You still have to they pay. They don't go right. down. Right. Yeah. Why should farm ground be any different? You invest, you know, I, I invest a half a million dollars in, in rental property. My property taxes are going to be X number, period. Maybe it's that if way. Well, maybe it's that yeah. way because they want to encourage farmers to keep farming yeah. instead of just selling and off all their land. To be developed. Um, well, that's that's a big complaint, and and as much as you want to say, you know, and I get your point, farm ground is not the same thing as rental property. I, I mean, they're two different things. So I, I, I get I, I I get it's a business, but it's still two different things. In that one thing is bringing an in income for you, it's also bringing income for the farmer, but that farmer has to make money to be able to pay for that. So if if he's not making enough yeah. money. Based on his expenses, which you see farmers have trouble doing, and I know this because I have been in the farm business my entire life, my f- family still runs uh, a family farm, that where, how, do they, how do they continue to subsist and be able to feed America? So how do I continue to uh, provide properties for people to live in? You raise well, your, you raise your, thing. here's, here's how you do that and what, why farmers can't do it. You can raise the price of your rent to meet your expenses. Farmers can't go well, out I and tell, why can't you? Because I can raise my rents to the point that people won't pay it. You know, I'm, I, I understand, I'm but you just said you can't raise your rents. You can raise your rents. Farmers, this, I'm, I'm trying to tell you the difference here. Farmers can't just go out and say, I am going to raise my price of wheat. They would love to do that, but they have to get market price. For they it. have to get they have to get the market price for it. Um, and but I understand talking, his point too. I mean, yeah, he can't, I, and I, and I he do can't too, price but his places uh, you know so high that uh, uh, you know that they're more than uh, you know every other uh, comparable apartment or house or right. whatever. No, and I I totally get that. Also, it's it, it's based on on the market also, um, but. Uh, like I said, I, I as much as you want to say, yeah, they're both businesses, they're still not the same business. Okay. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, 
another text message in no name on this one says people are disqualified from uh, running for office for all sorts of reasons someone who had just been found liable for rape should not be qualified to run for the highest office in the country also if he is found to be guilty of taking classified documents and keeping that should also disqualify him from serving as president the idea that over 50 percent of the republican party is so tired uh, of to him and he has so much control over the gop leadership is baffling he has shown that he is a criminal um, you may think that he shouldn't be able to do that. Unfortunately, there's no law in the land that says he can't. So if you don't like it, you know, talk, call your congressman and say, hey, if uh, a president is found liable for rape, not found guilty of rape, he was found liable for rape, he shouldn't be run as president, get the law changed. As of right now, that's, that's the thing. There's nothing that stops him legally right. from running for president or being elected or... Even serving you know, in, in as the, president if he is elected. In the past, there never had to be because you remember how touchy uh, campaigns used to be, like with Gary Hart, with uh, uh, Howard Dean, where they do one embarrassing thing and that's it. Your 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 career is essentially mm-hmm. over in politics. And uh, in in twenty twenty four, it's different. You know, there are, there. Are, Everybody running has something they've done embarrassing, and, and they don't care anymore. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. One more segment on the way. Also, final few minutes, if you want that golf package, we've got two of them. Two people will be chosen at random. Text the word GOLF to 208-336-3700. Golf package. Got four tickets to the golf show and $50 gift certificate to X Golf. You've got about seven more minutes to get that text in. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It is Open Phones Friday. Um, text message in no name here says, The bill to allow school employees to carry weapons in school is the stupidest bill ever. Let's arm the teachers. How about we make laws which make obtaining high-powered automatic guns illegal? Other countries have done this and have been successful. We are no longer in the 1700s. We no longer need need armed militias. Well, um, in, in, in the days... <laughs> now, in, in the, the, the argument there is that in the days when the uh, Constitution was written, there was not an official set army for the United States, and that there is now and that that essentially is the militia or your state national guard is the militia but but as i said you know it's it's always up to interpretation and mm-hmm. about half the people don't interpret it that way well and here's the other problem um you know guns the second amendment um isn't about you know armies or hunting or anything like that it is to for protections for the most part against a tyrannical a possible tyrannical government mm-hmm that's what the Second Amendment is about. Now, it, it, I, I noticed that we are, you're saying we're no longer in the 1700s. We no longer need our militias. Um, you know, if that's the case, if we just interpreted everything from the 1700s when the uh, Constitution was signed, you shouldn't be emailing us. You should have written a, a, a letter with a quill pin and parchment, on parchment paper uh, and had it delivered to us. Um, I mean, the Constitution is a living, breathing thing that, you know, allows changes and stuff like that. If you're going to say the Second Amendment shouldn't be, you know, allowed because the guns have changed so much or uh, the interpretation of what an army and a militia is, I I would say you could do that with almost every single amendment through technology. And they do. People argue every single amendment. Yeah. Yeah. 
the other thing about the other countries who too, I just want to weigh in on that. Uh, the other countries don't have an, a second a second amendment, so it's easier in those countries to say we're not going to allow you to have guns anymore. You know, Canada's able to do it yeah, because well, they don't yeah, have a second Austra- amendment or anything similar to it. Australia had a, a mass shooting, and they voted, and they voted to get rid of guns. Yeah. Once again, I mean, they still have you know hunting rifles and things like that, yeah. but they don't have uh, some of the bigger ones or a lot of the, the handguns that they used to. Kevin in Boise, listening on six seventy AM this morning. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Um, I hesitate talking about this um, just because it's so volatile, this situation about the wrestling coach. But I'll say a few things about this. Um, Mike and Chris, you guys know what I do for what I did for a living for mm-hmm. most of my life. I was a high school wrestling coach for 25 years. I've wrestled 57 years of my life. Uh, it's been my whole entire life. Um, I do know Russell, not very well, but I know Russell. Um, what I do know of him, he's a very, very, very good man. But he made a very big mistake, and he should be punished for it, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, uh, but what what's the punishment? I don't know. But that's up for other people. But I do know this. Um, I wrestled for many years in my life. I'm also a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Russell was also a jiu-jitsu practitioner also. So he does know what chokes are. Um, the kid was not intentionally trying to do anything illegal. I've watched this film over and over again. He reached underneath the, um, the bottom kid's throat and he raised his hand up towards his shoulder, which right there applies pressure to the throat. Then he immediately came underneath and attached his hands underneath the arm, which releases some of that choke. It went from legal to illegal to legal within seconds. The referee would have been very hard pressed to stop it very yeah. quickly. And if he did, if he did, it would have been usually called a potentially dangerous move. Um, I watched it where people were saying he's hitting him. Uh, that's a question of judgment, but he struck him with his hand, open hand. I saw that okay. plainly. Um, some of the things these kids go through in daily wrestling practice, in my opinion, goes far, far past that. Much more, yeah. <laughs> much more intense. Yeah. But it happens. Um, I would just hate to see, I'll just tell you personally, the most influential person in my entire life was my high school wrestling coach. Um, But as a sophomore, I saw him kick a chair out onto the mat, and I saw him get in a referee's face, and it was almost a challenge to a fight. And and the next day he felt terrible, remorseful, couldn't believe he ever did that, and he got penalized for it. But he didn't get penalized for life. And uh, that same person who was the most influential person in my entire life, still is today, ended up being the four-time head Olympic coach for the United States. Hmm. So people can, yeah. people can change. Yeah. We need to be punished. I don't know what it is. but Well, and, and thank you for the call. For Appreciate it. Um, you know, he hasn't necessarily said he shouldn't be pun- he hasn't said he hasn't sh- shouldn't be punished i think he's he's accepting of the punishment of not being coach uh, i get it he wants to he's going to uh, appeal not being able to watch his son uh, wrestle for the rest of his uh, senior year but i don't think and at any place he hasn't said that he doesn't think he should be punished and he he, he is very remorseful um based on some of the comments that he's made uh, i guess you know we don't know for a fact if he really is remorseful or is doing a good job but it sounds like he is um thank you for the call it's a, a, a great call this morning a uh, great story that you shared there appreciate all the phone calls and emails final chance you got just a couple more minutes if you want to get in right now text 
golf to 208-336-3700. We're going to pick two winners of our uh, golf uh, package. Other than that, we'll see you on Monday. Thanks for all the calls and emails.